welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Hey, Rich. And today we are going to pick off where we left off last week. Uh, with the second part of our rookie running back coverage. Now that these guys are on their teams, uh, we have a better feel of where they uh, where they stand in our eyes. Uh, and in this round, we're going to talk about somebody who we were really high on early, Lake Seastrunk. Um, you know, come back in March, we, you know, we were all high on Seastrunk, and now his stock is, uh, safe to say, it's plummeted. Whoa. Yeah, if you invested five bucks in there in his stock, you probably got about, you know, 13 cents left. You know, congratulations. Uh, but let's pick up, you know, last week we covered rounds, uh, for one act. Well, there was no first round running back, but rounds two through four. And today we pick up where there was no, right where there was no first round running backs. There was no fifth round running backs. And we pick up in the sixth round with the first running back off the board at six, five Alfred blue. I love you blue. You're my boy blue. Uh, standing at six foot two, two twenty three, runs a four, six, three. Uh, so he's not very fast. Had a lot of injuries in college. Um, Andre Brown's the clear-cut number two there in my eyes in Houston, and obviously we all know Arian Foster is number one. So, and this guy was barely used even in college. So, correct. I mean, there's not much to go on. Your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. LSU man loves those big running backs. They do. I mean, he's got the size and everything, and the Texans have a history of you know using those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. And he has value just because you know Andre Brown injury history. Good, solid back when he plays. Arian Foster, excellent back when he plays. Uh, but again, injury prone as well. So he's somebody that's definitely draftable in your rookie drafts just on the sole purpose of, you know, he might be the next man up at some point in 2014, at least 2015 um, as well. So he's a good, you know, it depends how deep your rosters are, but he's definitely a quality stash somewhere that, you know, you're never going to rely on him unless it comes to, like, injury. He's a guy, I mean, I wouldn't bother taking until like my last pick in the in the draft though i mean like the sixth round type of guy yeah he's like a fifth sixth round you know because when you get that late in the fifth sixth round it's always nice to kind of grab those guys that have uh you know running backs that where you're taking these risk kind of receiver that might you know barely get to field at least running backs you know if they're at least number three in the depth chart where if something happens they're gonna get carries in the nfl all you need to do is get to rock and you can produce because anybody that's starting an nfl game is going to contribute to your fantasy lineup and you never know, somebody like him, you know, you you might be able to hold uh, value to an Aaron Foster owner. Aaron Foster gets hurt, and you're like, hey there, hey, see that third round pick you got over there? Why don't you, uh, why don't you give me your third rounder, man? I'll just give you, I'll give you Alfred Blue. Right, right. You know he's your boy. <laughs> so, boy Blue. but we, he definitely has value, and we both agree on that, right? Yeah, yeah, he's got some value. I mean, but it's kind of like an unknown. Yeah. He's a good stash. He's a good you never stash, know. I mean, right. he's a big. He's a big back. You know, six two, two twenty three. Right, right, right. You know, everything I was killing uh, James Wilder on. And I'm sitting here praising him and, and his size too. But he, I mean, he's got size. Um, he's going to Houston. You know, they're gonna have to run in Houston. They're gonna have to run the ball. You know, with Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm, and uh, they're probably gonna have to run the ball a decent amount this year. So that means injuries are probably gonna happen. Aaron Foster might be out week two. <laughs> Let's hope not, but yeah. No, I, I, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm actually expecting big things out of Foster this year. I can see that. Um, so let's move on to the our biggest plummeter, our oh. 13 cent stock, Lake. Uh, Lake Seastrunk. You know, 
when you watch Lake, when you, you know, Lake's one of those guys that can intrigue you with his highlight film. Right. Because he's explosive when he has the ball. Yeah, he looks really good when he has the ball and he's out in the open field. But, you know, he lands in, in not an ideal situation. Uh, Lake's 5'9", 201, lands, gets drafted at 6'10", uh, to the Washington Redskins. We all know he can't catch the ball at all. He struggles in pass protection. And it's, it's reported out of Washington already that Gruden likes to hold over Chris Thompson. Right. And those two are really similar, but Thompson can catch the ball better. And there's a lot of reports coming out now that Seastrunk might find himself on a practice squad. I know that would be pretty rough, man. That's a that's a big tumble from where we thought uh, where he was, you know, pre-draft. But I, I mean, apparently he doesn't have the skills. You know, he's got to develop a few things, and maybe that's the only way he's going to get on the field is is down the road. If you want to pay the bills, you got to have the skills. Got to have the skills. And I mean, I remember I remember at one point in March, Juan was like, "Oh, Seastrunk, I just love this guy. Right. He was really high on Juan's board." Mm-hmm. And, I got to admit, too, he's high on my board, too. Just, again, just watching tape, you know, not really get, digging into tape enough and watching more, starting off with the highlight film to see what he does well. And, again, when he does get the ball, he's explosive. You know, behind Alfred Morris, he's behind Roy Hallou, and obviously he's behind, well, not necessarily, we don't know this for sure. This is all OTA talk, and this is all rumors, but Chris Thompson as well out of Florida State. And they might be using it as motivation to get him to, you know, work on some things here before training camp starts. And as soon as I'm going to Washington, it, it automatically, like, because to me, the, the fact they went in the sixth round is kind of meaningless to me, really. I mean, because Storm Johnson went in the seventh round, and I love him still. I mean, love's a strong word, but I liken him. Uh, and, you know, but I, I'm a fan of Roy Hallou. So I like what he does. I like what he does in third downs. And I like what he does. He, you know, he's, he's successful for what he does. And he's somebody that has a, the skill set that if Morris does go down, he could carry the load for a little while. You know, he's, he's never going to be a pro bowler, but he's, I like his talent. So to me, I think with Gruden coming in, I really think it's going to be Alfred Morris and Roy Hallou. Boom, boom, nonstop. And I really, I don't see any room for Seastrunk whatsoever, even if Chris Thompson wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not 100% sold on Chris Thompson either. So I could see him bumping Thompson off the roster or I think, you know, bumping Thompson to the practice squad or something like that if, if he shows enough here in training camp. Yeah, I mean, obviously, training camp's everything. If you, if you, if you can put it at, you know, during practice and OTAs and you show that you can play, you're going to play. Definitely right. a running back. Right. I mean, and there's he, no guarantee they won't carry I, four guys. I think he has, you know, the skills once he has the, the ball in his hands that he'll be able to separate himself from Chris Thompson at least. I mean, I understand that Chris Thompson probably has a leg up on some of the things like uh, pass protection and, and receiving because Seastrunk did drop more passes than he actually caught last year. Yeah, lots of passes. He tried. I guess he was credited with ten, ten drops, and only caught nine passes last year. So you know, what I do enjoy about Seastrunk too. His profile picture. He feels like you'd fit into the Dynasty Nerds uh, really well. I, yeah. I haven't seen it. You've never seen it. No. Check it out one time. I have to look at it. It, lo- <laughs> it looks like if you if they were making like a Nerds Eight 2014. <laughs> it looks like uh, he could be cast in that part. Nice. So you know if he, nice. you know if this running back thing doesn't pan out, man, yeah, yeah. Hey, well I'm on the podcast. Yeah, does, you know. <laughs> I have a pop. Pop a squat, nerd. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, C-Strong, to me, I mean, I'm an Alfred Morris and Roy Hallou owner in one of our main dynasty leagues. And even then, he still doesn't really intrigue me. Maybe, again, like sixth round, fifth round pick. And I expect somebody to purely jump on him uh, before that as oh, well. Oh, yeah, he'll, he'll get drafted before that. But And, I mean, but to me, that's, that's, that's the only way he holds value to me as a, as a Morris owner. That's mm-hmm. the only thing. To, and just hoping that maybe, like, if I need him, he's sitting there on my practice squad. Not somebody I want to hold on my actual roster. Right. Uh, 
and you know it depends on how you run your league you know in one of our leagues we run most of our dynasty leagues we're in actually we had the two-year right star rookies and you know that allows us to bring these guys up off the taxi squad put them back down it's a, it's a nice thing to have uh definitely encourage you guys if you guys don't have a taxi squad or practice squad it's a really nice thing to have uh it makes your rookie draft way more valuable so yeah i guess we're all down in c strunk seems like the nfl is down on the c strunk uh rumors out of washington is gruden's not is happy with c strunk either so you know six round running backs it's it's easy bait to cut on uh so let's move on to the 25th pick in the sixth round, Marion Grice out of Arizona, who stands at six foot, 208 pounds, 21 years old. He's an upright runner uh, compared to like a poor man's DeMarco Murray is, is a good comp I've, I've seen. I've definitely heard that, yeah. Uh, catches the ball well. And, you know, there's a possibility that, you know, his his drop in the draft could be you had that late season leg injury, right. wasn't able to run at the combine. Uh, so this guy has talent, you know. Um, He's a north-south runner, runs decently, and he can catch the ball well. I mean, he lands in San Diego, which is right now clustered with running backs with, you know, Ronnie Brown, Ryan Matthews, Danny Woodhead. But none of those guys are long-term answers. I say, none of those guys say feature back, I mean, yeah. like, you know, into the future. At least. Unless Matthews comes out this year and has a really good year. Because, I mean, his year last year wasn't bad. Right. So if he comes out this year and has another really good year, then, hey, but, you know, Ronnie Brown's a one-year rental. Danny Woodhead, you, you know, he's... You can have a feature back and Danny Woodhead on your roster. Absolutely. And, and get both those guys' touches. So he's not a threat to a feature runner. What do you think about Grace? Do you like him? I like the, I like him. I like his situation. I honestly don't have faith in Ryan Matthews that much. So mm-hmm. I could see him in a couple of years supplanting Matthews as the, as the lead back here. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to... See, see that's the thing with him. I'd like to see him on the field. He's one of those, I, I'm really intrigued by Grace. Right. I'd love to see him. And, like, he's somebody I'm going to be watching. You know, obviously our rookie draft's going to be gone, but he's somebody I'm going to be watching during the preseason mm-hmm. and see, like, how he runs in the NFL. And if I see a couple of things I like, he's, he might be somebody I might try and make a move for early, like this year, and try and throw one of those, like, sneaks and not ah, throwing Grace. Right. You know, but him being my main target. He's, he's one of those kind of backs. I, I agree with you. He's somebody that I could see actually be an nfl starter just not in 2014 oh yeah he's not gonna contribute this year and not much it's gonna take a little time but i mean he's got good size six foot 208 uh he can catch the ball really well which is always a bonus always a bonus and you know he he reminds me i know we call him a poor man's mark murray but even like a you know old school ronnie brown um and they brought ronnie brown in right and i mean come on ronnie brown's old oh is old. Yeah. That dude's old, for sure. Him and Blue hanging out together. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Grice is definitely draftable. I mean, we're talking. Yeah, yeah. Where do you see him going? Uh, Possibly late fourth. Late fourth. Yeah. That seems about right. He's a good gamble there. All right. Especially you, if you own, you know, Matthews. Like, that, I would definitely think about snagging him right around there. That's where you get to, like, those when you get to the fourth, fifth, sixth round right. of your draft. You're like, all right, let me let me back up my running back exactly. here. Just, you know, this guy's he might be third in the depth chart, but come on. I mean, that's, again, I mean, we've seen these. We've seen the backup running back come in and get hurt the next play as well, and boom, you're on the third man. Next thing right. you know, Denard Robinson's toting the ball for you. Right. Well, then again, they drafted him to be the running back, but, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Grace, we like him. Tie fourth round grade. <laughs> <laughs> Tie your shoes, bum. Uh, so let's move on to three picks later, the 28th pick in the sixth round, Tyler Gaffney. Now, if you guys remember, 
uh, you know, podcast ago, I said, hey, the one sneak position to watch is the Carolina running back position and who if they draft a running back late because they're going to run the ball a lot this year. Again, injury-prone situation. Jay Stu has been hurt his entire life. He came out the womb with a stub toe. Uh, and Andrew Williams is older. Older, right. And who's other back there? They have... Uh, Kenyon Barner. Kenyon Barner as well. Hasn't shown much in the NFL. Not much at all. Yeah. So this leaves us with Tyler Gaffney. 5'11", 220, runs a 4'49". Yeah. You know, so he's got he's got NFL running back speed. Um, and he had a really, really, he's one of the guys, he was like one of the best, one of the best combines out of running backs. Mm-hmm. And I know the tape says differently. Like he was really explosive at the combine. He isn't really explosive on tape, but he's a grinder, you know. Um, he He's an athlete. He was actually drafted uh, in the MLB draft in 2012 in the 24th round. But, you know, he needs to work, work on his pass protection. He's between a tackle and runner. Um, he's not really explosive. But he, he he can get you those tough yards. Right. He can move the pile. He's really good like goal line back um along those lines. So he's he could be a fantasy contributor in that aspect. And I'm intrigued by Gaffney. I, I'm intrigued also. I I'm a Jay Stu owner and I would love nothing more than to get somebody that is behind him because he's gonna be injured and I know it. So Yeah, I mean I like Gaffney. Out of all the guys we talked about right now, I like Gaffney the most um and i actually might like him probably third out of all the backs we're about to talk about uh here coming up as well I and think i know who you like more i think so too <laughs> i think two other guys i like more here uh-huh. but uh uh-huh. i mean gaffney intrigues me again i mean carolina's got oh, no yeah, re- definitely they've got no receivers right. they're gonna run the ball and like which, you already said i mean jonathan stewart's always injured D'Angelo Williams is old and breaking down. Kenyon Barner hasn't shown anything. So that opens the doors. I mean, those are all things that are positives on his side. Yeah, and Gaffney might be one of those guys come, you know, late November, December, when your team is in the playoffs, and all of a sudden Jay Stu's down. D'Angelo Williams is banged up. Kenyon Barner has shown that he's not much. And they're like, hey, let's give this Rook Gaffney uh, the ball. Let's see what he can do. And he's just one of those guys that, you know, not a long-term solution or anything like that, but he may come in and come in and produce in the playoffs or for a game or two and when you're down because um, I think he has a talent to do that. Right. Yeah, he's worth it. I mean, he's worth worth a stash, and, you know, if you got a practice squad, bring him up late in the year, and boom. Fourth-round grade? Later? Early yes, fifth? Yes, early, yeah, late fourth, early fifth is where I see him. Yeah, and, and again, it depends on, you know, who you have on your roster. Let's say if you're a Jay Stu owner, right. and it's going, hey, let me, let me back him up here because – Again, I mean, again, it's when I come at rookie drafts, too. It's always nice to grab those late round, you know, those Aberdeeruses, those receivers mm-hmm. and whatnot. But it's also good to grab these running backs because, I mean, let's face it, I mean, it's, it's way easier for your running backs to go down and your depth at running back depletes quickly than your receiver depth. Right. Um, and obviously, you know, the running backs have a shorter shelf life, shelf life, which hurt them. But at the same time, they have a better chance to get in there and play and contribute right away. I mean, the fact of the matter is there's just so many more wide receivers that are startable in the NFL than there are running backs that are startable. So, I mean, if you can get your guys back up, if your guy goes down, boom, you have them. You know, you've got your position filled for that week at least. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, look at when there's situations I know, like Elvin Silva and everybody's still touting Toby Gerhardt. And just because of volume, I'm still not – I'm still not sold on him. You know, Rashad Jennings in New York, I'm not really like, you know, so there's teams that are starting running backs that are like, I'm not even like, uh. Right. You know, I'd rather take, you know, uh, both of 
you know, have those guys. I'd Ben Tate. Um, I'm intrigued by Terrence West this year as well. Those are two guys I'd rather, I'd feel more comfortable with ahead of Rashad Jennings right. and Toby Gerhardt, for example. Um, so yeah, but let's move on to a guy I really do like at, in the seventh round, seventh pick, Storm Johnson in Jacksonville, six foot, two oh nine. Uh, and again, his competition is you know Toby Gerhardt. And let's face, I mean, I am a realist too. Toby Gerhardt's going to start. Yeah, absolutely. he's going to get his carries. He's going to play. Um, and Storm Johnson's got a lot to work on, you know. But I think he has all 2014 to refine his game. You know, he's an east-west runner and needs to get more north-south uh, in his running style. But, I mean, besides, you know, Gerhardt, Jordan Tonneman is ahead of him. Right, right. Not scared. Denard Robinson. Tie your shoes. Tie your shoes, nerd. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's really expected to play special teams this year, and he knows it. I know recently came out and said, hey, I know I'm going to make my place on this roster playing special teams. That's good. And, you know, he went to school with Blake, who's the future, too. So it's always nice to be boys with the, the head QB mm-hmm. um, and have some chemistry there. But, I mean, I like Storm John. I like what I saw on tape, you know. Yeah, I mean, he catches the ball nice out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does have a slightly more upright um, running style. But I, I like his game a lot, to be honest. So. Yeah, me too. I have him as, like, a late second to mid-second very high third round grade in a rookie draft. I was surprised he went that late in the NFL draft. I was very surprised. But I mean it's a good spot for him. I think I think Jacksonville is a nice spot for him. Oh, that. yeah. I mean yeah, I mean like I said Dre Archer went, you know, we talked last week how Dre Archer went in the third and none of us really liked him there. Right. And then here's a guy that goes almost at the end of the draft altogether and we all like him. And he's going to be a much higher pick. Again, it's opportunity, it's skill set. And again, He's somebody needs to work on his game, but at UCF, he is now an NFL coaching. Um, and Gus Bradley is a great coach that really helped this guy right. and um, refine his game. So he's somebody that you're not going to see anything out of 2014. But, you know, if he's going to do something, it's going to be in 2015. And I think it's also safe to say, if, like, by the end of 2015, if he hasn't really done much at all, it's kind of okay. We were wrong. Well, yeah, yeah, he's a guy you pick. If he doesn't produce in a couple of years, he's probably going to be out of the league because he's such a late pick. Yeah, you know, I'm a fan. That. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a fan. Even at like two six, I'm sitting there like, ah, oh, you know, and it's a little too high for him there. But his his he's a, he's a, he's a gamble pick. He's he's a big risk. I mean, it's as simple as that. I think it would be a reach to pick a seventh round running back in the or like mid second round. Yeah, correct. People reach sometimes. I guess. Hey, man, that's what hands are for. Get out there and touch <laughs> someone. Uh, so let's go to the next guy taken, and this guy's a running back, but he's really a fullback. So we, I mean, it's not we have to take talk much about Kiro Small in Seattle. Oh, I didn't even have him on my list because yeah. he's not a running back. He's not a running back. He's a fullback. Yeah. At five eight and two hundred and forty four pounds, yeah. this guy is a thumper. Yeah. So he's not draftable in any leagues. He's a fullback, but I mean, I'll say this much: you know, Lynch is probably gone after this year in Seattle. And he's a fullback that played. He was he was a running back in school, um, just a big thumper. So he's somebody that might. I mean, just again, we'll probably never. This is the last time we ever probably talk about Kiro Small. But they did draft him to play fullback, and sometimes you can always hope for best case scenario get like a Mike Allstott, Mike Tolbert, Mike Tolbert, kind of. Yeah, I mean, guys, those are big bowling ball that could start that score yeah. touchdowns. You know, when Mike Tolbert scoring two touchdowns a game in Vulture and uh. Again, he's just one of those guys. He was drafted. He's know. not somebody you would draft in your dynasty league, though. He's no. a waiver wire guy, and if he ever did anything, you just scoop him up. And just, just want to bring him up because he was drafted. Right on. So, 
Let's move into the dark side, the uh, undrafted guys, the guys that got no love from these NFL GMs to carry the rock. Number one on the list, one of the first ones to sign, mm-hmm. Isaiah Kroll. Right. Now, Kroll, this is weird with Kroll, because Kroll was considered, and still considered by some, one of the top running backs in this draft. And when it came to Dynasty mock drafts, when we were doing back in March and uh, April, Kroll was like the second back taken. He was taken, he was taken ahead of Sankey. And he was really high. And now he sits behind Ben Tate, who's signed in free agency, who is talent. They traded up to get Terrence West in Cleveland. And he, so far, everything I've heard out OTAs is West has looked really good as well. I think Crowell, didn't he injure himself? Yeah, he hasn't even, yeah. even practiced OTAs. He's been a side working. So pretty crappy way to start. Yeah. I mean, we all know, and if you don't know, well, now you know, that Kroll has talent. Uh, he was excellent at Georgia his freshman year, being SEC freshman of the year. And the skill set is there. And I know Brown's GM, Ray Farmer, has already came out and said, hey, I really like this guy. They, were on, him, they were on him even in the pre-draft process and everything. Yeah, he, was, he did some interview that I read about, and he was like, oh, yeah, Cleveland was one of the most interested teams in me. Yeah. I mean, they, they literally they signed him right after oh, the draft. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he went right away. I mean, that was like Ray Farmer's one of his top targets. They really liked him. And I still like Kroll, too. Yeah. So do and the, I mean, he was the most fun guy to watch on film for me. He just does everything really, really well. Which makes it kind of like, I, I would love to see him went like seventh round, to like oh, Jacksonville or, man. you know, San Diego. Or not San Diego, but like Carolina. You know, it would have been awesome to see him there. Because the only thing. Again, the only thing that worries about him in Cleveland, I know some people have come out and said, well, he's he's more talented, so I still expect him to start over Terrence West. And I've heard Farmer gush about West, and they traded up and back in the third round to get him. And when you trade up for a running back in the third round, I mean, he's going to play. Right. That, I mean, nowadays that's like, you know, like a high second-round pick almost Yeah. type of thing. If you're picking running backs in the third round, because you got to basically bump him up one round. Nobody picks him in the first round anymore. That being said, I still give Kroll a third-round grade in yeah, Dynasty. Just yeah, on talent okay. alone, yeah, I would he's, he's still in a good situation. Mm-hmm. Cleveland's got a really good offensive line. Um, ben Tate's not on. He's on a two-year contract. None of it's pretty much guaranteed. Real low money. Um, so, you know, you can easily see in 2015, worst case 2016, Terrence West being the starter, Kroll being the backup. And he's the type of guy that if – for whatever reason, the Browns try to sneak him on a practice squad. Somebody might just scoop him right up, and he could slide right into a, a starting role. He's got the talent to go somewhere else and be absolutely. A so if that's a good, that's a good you're point. You're snagging him in the third round, and, you know, or you're waiting, you know, to the fourth round. Like you might not, you know, you might not be able to do that because somebody else is going to maybe think exactly like I, was, how I thought. It happened to Legarrette Blunt. Like when he came out, he was he went to where he went to the Titans originally. He signed as an undrafted free agent with the Titans, and he never made it through training camp. He went to yeah. Tampa Bay and was starting in his yeah. rookie year. That's, a, that's, a, that's an excellent point. Even more reason to grab him because, I mean, they, we have to do, I mean, last year, Deion Lewis was a preseason freak. Right. They have Chris Obaniah, who, again, this is all new regime, so it's kind of meaningless, who has been utilized at fullback, played some running back as well. And, I mean, Edwin Baker is nothing. Um, I see, personally, I see Kroll making the team. Now, obviously, he has to get on the field, but, I mean, OTAs, if you don't get on the field for OTAs, big whoop. Um, and if he gets on training camp, I think his talent will show, and he'll be the third back. And I think, you know, I, I think Ray Farmer feels the same way like you're thinking. Like, if I put this guy on my practice squad, there's a good chance that somebody's going to take him. 
you know, the Giants or uh, the Raiders. If somebody gets hurt, you know. That's what I was exactly thinking for whatever reason, the Raiders popped in my head. I could see him going there. Yeah, I mean, he well, his his bio would fit the Raiders pretty well. So, um, yeah, I still like Kroll. I mean, I would say I like him a lot less than I did a couple months ago, but still, it's still kind of argue hard to argue that he's not one of the most talented backs in this draft. Right. And like we always say, talent supersedes just about everything. You know, as long as you can stay out of trouble and you are talented, you're going to play in the NFL. And you will find yourself on a roster, and you will find yourself in a position to help an NFL team. And Crowell, uh, he's going to be one of those guys that does that. And again, I like him in Cleveland. I like his spot. I don't see him helping too much in 2014. But, you know, he's still, again, I have him as a high, the mid-third-round pick in Dynasty. Yeah, I, I, me too. I see him in the exact same place that you do. Okay. And so draft them. Draft them. For Get sure. them. Get it don't while they're wait, it's good. Don't wait too long. Mm-mm, don't do it. Uh, let's talk about another guy that I liked a lot coming out, Damian Williams. Uh, I liked it. He's really explosive coming out of Oklahoma. Uh, I don't really, uh, you know, he had some off-field issues as well. Yeah, he's another him. guy. Yeah, he's another guy that slid out of the draft because of his off-field issues. But. Like his spot, though. Runs Definitely. a four four five five eleven two twenty two. so big, strong, stout runner who has some explosiveness. He's in Miami. I mean, you know, Miami's backfield, no Sean Rayner. At this point, I'm almost going to be surprised if I, everything I'm hearing about no Sean is horrible in Miami. And I know it's crazy to say, but I'm starting to think that no Sean might be like one of those roster cuts come, you know, later. Oh, I think it's a be, possibility. That'd be crazy. I'm just telling you, you show up fatty McGee. He was. They and, said that he was noticeably plump around the middle. Yeah. Plumpy over there. Uh, you know, so Lamar Miller, again, I know you're not as big as Lamar Miller, where I'm still not giving up on Lamar Miller. Uh, uh, so, but still, nothing's there in my, nothing's set in stone in Miami. Yeah, they, all those names on the depth chart are written in pencil. Yes. And, and that, that cheap pencil, too, that you click, not mm-hmm. the regular pencil, that little cheap pencil you click down and Easily the lead's erased. super thin. Yeah, yeah very that. easy. Blow on it. Uh, so I like the, I like the, the Damian Williams. I like his explosiveness. Uh, I like his talent coming from a nice school. I like his situation and I would like to see him make this. If he makes the roster, I like his chances The moving up the depth chart. I really do. Me too. Yeah. I like his chances. If he makes the roster of making the roster. You like his chances of making the roster, and then you like his chances when he makes his chance on the roster. Exactly. No, I, I do. I like him. I, I honestly don't think anyone ahead of him is, is all that good. So, so I could see him definitely moving up. Wait, I'm trying. I literally, I, right now, I just, I'm having a blank. Like, who is the complete bust there in Miami? The first-round uh, pick. Daniel Thomas. Daniel Thomas. Peace he, out, Daniel. Yeah. Have a good life at Walmart saying hello. <laughs> all right. So we all like Damian. We're, what round do you give him? Uh, he's he's probably a fourth. Say rounder. fourth. Yeah. I say say I, I'm the same way. Fourth, like he's probably fourth Mid mid fourth. Yeah. Maybe it depends on even higher. Again, I just like his. He's he's a really good high upside kind of pick. Uh, so Damian Williams, we're a fan. Uh, let's move on to Ladarius Perkins. He went to Green Bay. Five seven one ninety five ran a four four six. Guy's too small for me. I think he has no chance to find success. I I mean I like Rajon Neal better. Right. So let's talk about Rajon Neal and him. If I just throw that on you like that. That's okay. I can handle it. Um, Rajon Neal, there he is. I mean. If you had to pick one, wouldn't you take Rajon Neal? I would Neal? Dig, Yeah, definitely. I think uh, Jonathan, uh, the hell's the guy that they drafted? Jonathan Franklin. Jonathan Franklin last year is probably 
you know, better off than LaDamian or LaDarius, LaDarius Perkins. Perkins. Yeah. I agree to you. I can see him playing in Canada sometime soon. Yeah, definitely. They, they, they're not going to keep that guy. Do you think Rajan Neal sticks to the roster? No, I don't think he's on the roster. I think they got James Starks. I think they have Jonathan Franklin, Jonathan Franklin and Andy Lacey. And Andy La- Andy Lacey I agree. That too. So well, I, th- I can see Rajan Neal making a practice squad. Yeah. And then LaDarius Perkins working at Perkins. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, let's finish this off. Wait, no, <laughs> was no. That our, was that our first plug ever? Eat at Perkins. They've got delicious. Send me my check, Perkins, <laughs> along with some toast. <laughs> uh, we have two more guys we want to cover real quick. Uh, one I like, one I don't like, one I have not liked the whole time. Okay. Uh, nothing against him. I just don't think his game translates to NFL. It sounds like James Wilder. It is James mm-hmm. Wilder. It's, uh, and I know you're out there listening, uh, Mike Beckley. Yeah. I know we have a little side bet. I took Damian Williams. He took Mike Beckley. I mean, yeah, he took himself. Oh, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> he took James Wilder, who always favorites or retweets his tweets. Always um, bet on yourself. You know, he went to Cincinnati. He's 6'3", he's 232. Everything I said before, you know, he was injured in college, runs a 4'8", 6. Uh, he runs upright. His game does not translate well to the NFL. It's really stiff, too. Yeah. Stiff hip. North-South, I just don't, I do not see him. He's got good power, though. Yeah, he's a big strong back, yeah. but, I mean, isn't that what they just drafted Jeremy Hill for? Yes, that is. So... I mean, I don't see Ben Jarvis making the roster. So, I mean, there's a slim chance this guy makes the roster. Do they have a fullback on that team? I don't know. I don't. It's a, it's a one fault of mine as a, a dynasty football guru is I don't really follow fullbacks very often. Yeah, me neither. Um, I'm, I could see him being a fullback. That's the only reason I ask. Huh. Sticking on the roster and becoming their lead. Big power. Yeah. Again, but same thing. At a fullback, you have to get lower. I mean, he runs so upright. Yeah. I mean, I feel like. I think it's a big part of like why he's always been injured because his running style just is it's horrible. He has to get lower. I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, another big Florida State guy, Greg Jones, did had a similar who, Greg Jones, who Greg Jones, okay, had a similar transformation in a fullback because uh-huh. he was just so big and powerful. And I could see this a very similar thing happening to him. Didn't know you were a fullback guru. I just play one on the radio. Mm, now we know. Mm-hmm. Now we're podcasting about fullbacks. I guess. Moving on. Moving on. To the next guy, Antonio Imagine. Andrews. Now, this is a guy that I like. 5'10", 225, runs a 4'82", so he's a, he's a slow guy. But <laughs> at his, he's in Tennessee. You said and, that so positively. <laughs> like you, and so he's a slow guy. Mm, he's, got a little, he's got a little cement in those boots. But, God. you know, he's in Tennessee. They mm-hmm. obviously need running back help. And I'm one of those people, like, I'm still not in love with Bishop Sankey. I think he's going to be more a product of a situation. Um, why I, have, I was down on him pre-draft. I know everybody else still liked him. I, I like Sankey, but I'm not 100% sold on Sankey. Um, Antonio Andrews comes in. I've had know, my number one back for the entire process. Well, Finally. looky, looky yeah. here. Um, I, guess I, mean, the, I guess the NFL agrees, whatever. Yeah, obviously. You know, you can go run Tennessee Titans. At least the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, too bad the ten- Tennessee Titans has been, have kind of sucked at running their franchise lately. Sorry if you're a Titans fan, but they've, I mean, they need to get together over there. Um, but This is coming from Browns fans. Hmm. Hmm. I have nothing to say. You're yeah, right. Yeah, come on. It's just, I mean, I have nothing. Against, I mean, I'm a huge Justin Hunter fan. Uh, and I like Nate Washington. You know, Tiff and what? And, but, and Tony Andrews, in his final two years in college, had 3,415 3, yards. On big stats. 5.98 yards, Gary. 30 overall touchdowns. He can catch because he had 85 receptions. He's been compared to a poor man's Alfred Morris, which is kind of odd because he catches the ball better than Alfred Morris. But, so would that make him a rich man's Alfred Morris? Hmm. hmm. I'm just telling you other people are competent. I'm not competent in Alfred Morris at all. Um, and 
again, I like the situation. I know you were telling me earlier that Antonio Andrews is one of those people that, you know, if you get on DynastyNerds.com, you can read Matt's awesome article about how he, uh, tell him, Matt, tell him what you do. I basically just break down, um, I came up with a formula on, on predicting mm. running back success. And uh, Antonio Andrews did really well on my predictor. You can check that um, out on DynastyNerds.com. Yes, it's a pretty good article, um, and it's part one that's up there now. Right, right. And we'll be looking for part two very soon. Very soon. Very soon. Very soon. Uh, so, obviously, you like Antonio Andrews then. Well, I mean, I'm not sure if I... I mean, you crunched the numbers, your the, formula. I, the numbers came out good. I'm just, I just don't think that... He the has, numbers don't lie, dude. I know, I know. There are, there are certain factors that eliminate folks, and oh. him being an undrafted free agent, that's probably never going to get to see 300 carries in his whole career, let alone hmm. in one year. True. Kind of eliminates him. I from never see running. that as well. But he's draftable. If you say so. You don't think he's a draftable rookie? Nah. Really? I think he was like a late, like late, like if, if I'm sitting there and I'm de- deciding between one of these like, you know, I don't know who, who's there in the sixth round, but one of these like guys and Tony Andrews, I might just stash him just in case. Again, situation is nice in Tennessee. And, you know, after reading your article, it's like, hey, man, this guy's crunched some numbers and he is worth a late stash. You know, just, 6'10", I, or if you're in like a, you have a seventh round rookie draft, for sure he's drafting. The, if there's a seventh round, which we don't have in any of the leagues that we're in, Sure, I'd give it a shot, but where he sits now in in our leagues, I'm not going to draft him. I think he runs too slow, and I don't think he's ever going to get a chance to actually contribute. Yeah, four two four eight two. I've seen, I've kinda seen like, linemen run faster than that. Kind of like a death kneel right there when you get to the four eight. Well, you know, again, this is, you know, we're we're pulling straws here. We're talking these late round guys. Right. But there's a couple that we like. You know, he Damian definitely Williams. has put up great stats in college that you know ended up. Popping out a good number in my formula, but I just don't think he's ever going to get a shot in the NFL. And if you are thinking about for your rookie draft, make sure you get on DynastyNerds.com and you check out our rankings where we have them all broken down evenly and overall rookie rankings as well. Um, you know, there's other guys on there like Henry Josie, but a lot, I mean, let's face it, a lot of these late round running backs are all going to be, it's, it's a shot in the dark. Um, but, you know, make sure you get on DynastyNerds.com anyways, just because it's so awesome and we all need a little awesome in our lives. Um, and I know I posted recently my top 200, and I'd love to see you guys all disagree mm-hmm. on there as well. And Matt will have his top 200 up coming soon as well. The, Very soon. The yeah. mix with mine and offset my top 200. And I think my top 200 is awesome, even though it was really, really hard to do. They are hard. It's hard to narrow down. It took me hours. Yeah, I know. But, hey, that's what I'm here for. I, I, do the, I do the hard stuff, and you guys just read it and disagree and say this guy's an idiot because he has Rob Gronkowski 16th overall. Big Gronk. Big Gronk fan. Yes, you are. So, that being said, thanks, guys, for listening. This is going to wrap up our running back coverage. And next week, we will get into quarterbacks or tight ends, Matt. You pick right now. Tight ends. Tight ends. You love tight ends. Uh, So do you. Mm -hmm. All right. Told my wife that this morning. (laughs) And on that note, thanks for listening, guys. If you guys have any questions, hit us up on Twitter. You can follow me at Dynasty Rich. And I'm at Dynasty Matt. And or at Dynasty Nerds and hit us up on DynastyNerds.com. Thank you, guys. Talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Ready, set, put Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.